that's always a beautiful time. I, I know when, when this tree's gone, it's it's coming. That all the leaves are gone off that tree, and this one's this one's getting getting pretty thin over there. So winter winter is here almost. So uh, tomorrow is November. Daunting, right? There's a lot of tasks in between now and the end of the year now, right? You know, turkey, presents, scary. scary. <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it was a daunting task just getting through Costco and Walmart yesterday. I'm like, oh, the holidays are here. You can, you can feel it. Uh, you know, it's, it goes along with the old saying, you know, that time flies when you're having fun, you know, when you're, got tasks and everything. And, and oh, by the way, another prayer request to put on there is, is pray for all of the, the mailers. They, they have been, they, they were sealed, signed and delivered. Not yet? Oh, almost, almost delivered. Well, I was, because I handed them off to Miss Marge. We were on a relay race. Bryce handed them to me. I handed them to Miss Marge. And it's like, hey, you know, sealed, signed and you get to deliver. So pray as those go out. Uh, that we can just invite the community to our holiday events. And, um, you know, it's it's just a, a wonderful time of the year, right? You know, the time change, the darkness, but also we get to go into the season of celebration of Thanksgiving. And uh, that's my favorite. Ooh, turkey, right? Um, but, but also just, you know, the light has come. As as we go on in the Gospel of John, we, we really see that as we've gone through 14 and, and coming into the conclusion of 15, there's this one person that is the hope for all of humanity, right? You know, it is, it is the word that was with God that is God. The one who took on flesh and came to dwell with us. You know, that's how John starts, right? He is the bread of life. <coughs> He is the living water. He is, <clears throat> excuse me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we sought the, <clears throat> excuse me again. Better take an emergency this afternoon. <laughs> And then as we saw at the beginning of John 15, he is that true vine. You know, John also says this at the beginning of the gospel, that he is the, the light from heaven come to show humanity the way, the way to God. <clears throat> Jesus, the Messiah, is the hope for the entire world. As, as we talked last week, you know, we, we thought about the, the true vine, right? Well, that, that means all those other vines out there are false vines, you know, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, yet the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He gives life, life abundantly. You know, he is the resurrection and the life. That's a, another term we hear from John that, you know, he is the one that has brought hope to humanity. He alone is the one that can take the weight of all of our sin, the weight of the whole wrath of God, and leave us blameless and able to stand with joy before God and present us. You know, he is who he says he is. The, the truth rings out from Scripture as the Apostle John states this in his first letter. That which was from the beginning. You know, it, 
you know, first John one one really rings out Genesis one one, and then first John chapter one in his letter rings out with all three. That which from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. We can start talking about Christmas now, right? It's November tomorrow. You know, this is the life made manifest. We have seen it, John says. We have test and testify to it and proclaim to you eternal life. Right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. And that which we have seen, we have heard, and we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the whole missional stance of our, of our lives of, as a local church, what we are supposed to be about to proclaim the life made manifest. And this is whom we find redemption in. This is whom we find fellowship, not just with one another, but with, with God, because we have peace with God through Christ Jesus. But we have wholeness, right? There's, there's completion, but not, not yet, right? Done, but not yet, right? Is the turkey done, right? <laughs> I'll stop mentioning food for those that are hungry. I apologize, right? <laughs> but, you know, we, find, we find wholeness. We find completeness. We find eternal life. This is who we find it in. And Jesus, the Son of Man, who came for all of us. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, we we thank you for today. We thank you that we can we can come together. We can we can gather. We can you know, look forward to Thanksgiving and look forward to Christmas. Uh, but also just just look back as as we talked about genealogies this morning. We can we can see that you have worked your will and way through through history. That it is purposed. That all of life is purposed. That we find redemption in you, Jesus. How we bring honor and glory and praise to your name as through Christ alone we can have life. We can have abundant life. We can look forward to the resurrected life in eternity. I just pray that you would be with us in this time, Lord, as we study your word, as we look at it, and they would Help us learn. Help us uh, be pierced through and, and have understanding on how to to live for you in this in this day, in the in these in these troubled times that, that we can cling to you and know that you are true no matter what else happens. And Lord, we just uh, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for this day. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Oh, if you haven't already, uh, please turn in your Bibles with me to uh, John, Gospel John, chapter 15.
I will read verses of 12 through 17. I'm going to start there. John records this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Now, last week we saw that the followers of Jesus were to abide in him. Well, why is that? Because, because Jesus alone is the true vine. So we are to abide in him, to stay in him, and to stay in his love. Now Jesus continues by saying, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that, that brought up the question is, you know, what... What is the life of a follower of Jesus to look like? If we were to paint a picture, or I guess this is old. I don't know if there's word clouds anymore. Are, are there? Yeah, the word bubble things with all the words in it. Yeah, they're still out there. Okay. Yes, I have. <laughs> but the, the word bubbles, right? You know, where what, what's the biggest thing? You know, oh, I'm about love or I'm about doctrine or truth uh, but if you if you painted a picture about a about a believer what what word would stand out what what imagery would stand out well the largest word that should be in our word cloud you can google that if you don't know what it is i guess i think they're still out there they're cool um but what's the largest word that would stand out oh maybe they are called word bubbles i can't yeah. Anyways, failed illustration. Um, <laughs> what is what is the largest thing that would stand out? Well, for for a church, for body of believers, it's that we would love one another. I think I think the world loves to major on the issues of well, judgment. You know, you're all judgy. Oh, you're all about law and rule and killjoys, right? You know, but a surrendered life to the Lord, as we as we saw last week, right? You know, what is what is the life, the most fulfilled life about surrendered to the Lord? And in that life, we're not by ourselves, but we are surrendered together. We're a body to walk through this life together. Well, as as a body, we, we, we love our body, right? You know, we take care of our body. We you know, go to bed on time. You know, we, we feed it, bathe, right? You know, we, you know yeah, we, we take care of it. Well, the same thing, we're, we're a body together. You know, Paul tells us this. 
For just as one body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Right? Christ is the head, the church is the body. So we are to love one another as we would love our bodies and care for ourselves. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 15 and 16. Paul says this, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this, are, this is our primary task. This is, this is what we are to be about, to grow up into Jesus. Our, our walk is a purposeful sanctification. We walk as, walk as this, one in love and in truth. For as a believer of the revealed God of the Bible, we are to deal with reality, right? But we're also to deal with reality in, in love. You know, we are to build up the body and call it to repentance, call to each other to deal with sin and the reality of who we are in Christ. So what is our, our measure of love then? You know, as we, as we love, as we call each other to this, what, you know, how do we love? Do, oh, you know, another church? You know, do we um, see, well, those people love each other like this, so we're to love like that? No, we are to love like the Lord himself loves and has loved us. Well, how, do, how has Jesus loved us? Well, he goes on in the subject of love here in John. It says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, there is no greater love than this. Our, our world uh, seems to see love in, in many ways, Right? You know, romance and feelings, lust, relationships with no strings. That, that kind of love is all about self, right? It's what is in it for me, right? Pleasing ourselves is not any inch of the love of submitting, surrendering, or serving. Christ Jesus tells us that giving of ourselves is the greatest love, that laying down ourselves is the greatest thing. And then he says this next in, in John, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you as friends. 
For all that I have heard from the Father, I have made known to you. You know, this is another part of like the abide section, the listening section, the identifying section is that if you do what I command you, you are my, my friends. We are, we are friends of God. And we are not counted as servants of a household that you know, don't know what our master is doing because the plans of the Almighty, right? We can, we can read it from beginning to end of what he is doing. Now, there might be a lot of mystery and questions about the book of Revelation, but we know what happens, right? And then God wins. You know, the, the disciples have heard it loud and clear of what is the mission of what is happening. You know, this is what the Lord is about. This is the mission, you know, in Jesus, as we follow, as we listen, we see the plans, we hear and obey the commandments. We are friends of God. Jesus says this next, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should abide so that whatever I whatever you ask the father in my name he may give it to you and Jesus chose his apostles he appointed them to a purpose to bear fruit that it would abide through the world and they changed you know those those 12 Men, you know, Matthias hasn't been a part of the group yet. He's a part of them, but he will be chosen in Acts to be a part of them. But those 12 men changed the world. You know, they were called and they were taught by the Lord and he has set them apart for this, this mission. We read the summary of it in Acts 1. Jesus says to them, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is what the apostles are. They are the, the foundation to a following, to a, to a people that would be set apart to be on mission for Jesus, to be his witnesses, to proclaim the life made manifest to all of humanity. Now, Jesus says these things, I command you so that you will love one another. Now, he, he shows us that we are to love one another. And he you know, tells us, you know, this is what we're all to be about. And he's told us that so we can be about loving one another. Because if you turn back, you know, it's that the world may know that we are different because of our love for one another. Right? And we are a community, a team, members of a family, members of a body. Not islands unto ourselves, just hanging out with people we like, right? And we are here together to love one another. It is the core of following the Lord. The Lord who loved his enemies. 
Now please turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 3. And Paul at the end of 12, you know, 12 is all about spiritual gifts. And then the ending verse says, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Well, 13 is all about an excellent way. The Apostle Paul writes this, If I <clears throat> speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And we can have all the wonder works worked here. We can speak all tongues of all nations and even of heaven. We can know it all. We can know all the plans of the ages. We can have faith as in to remove any obstacle that we have and we can give and give until we have nothing left. But if it's not done in love, there's no gain in it. If we are not bathed in love, sorry, this is a turkey illustration, <laughs> we're not bathed in love, injected with love, if we are not about it, well then without it we gain, we gain nothing. It's just a dry bird, they need gravy. So, uh, as, as friends of God, we are, we are bought with a price far more valuable than silver and gold ever will be. By the blood of Jesus, we are brought into the kingdom of heaven, into his marvelous light to show who he is because God has loved the world. He calls out to the whole world. And love, right, defined as agape love, a servant love, everlasting love, endures all things, believes all things, changes the world just as those 12 men did. 
Well, please turn back in your Bibles with me to John 15. I'll read uh, verses 18 through uh, 22. John records this, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. <coughs> but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than its master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. Per sorry, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they would keep yours. They would also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on the account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. When Jesus spoke to his followers that night, he spoke to the apostles, telling them to love one another. Now he shifts subjects, telling them of the world. He says this, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. You know, the, the question arises, you know, should we be surprised when the world hates us? When the world turns against the church, we should always remember that it hated our Lord first before it hated us. Now Jesus goes on, if you were of the world, the world, world would love you as its own, but because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates us. So we see here that we are not a part of the world, right? We're not a part of the world and its systems. We are a part of something else. And therefore, we should not be surprised that it hates us. Because we represent someone else. You know, the, the world is in rebellion against the one that we abide in. And listen to and follow. So there will be friction. There will be resistance. Paul says this in 2 Timothy. Indeed all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Will be persecuted. We will face resistance in this world. And from the world because. Who we live for is who they live against. We are, we are called to be witnesses, to point things out, to talk about reality and truth with love. But there will still be friction. Uh, please turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's interesting, the, the, the context of that verse actually fits quite well. You know, you read 3.12, that all those that indeed desire to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But if you read 13 through 17, it really sums up the whole, you know, context is good, right? When we were reading scripture. 
Or Paul says this in 13 through 17, writing to Timothy. I'll read 12 as well again. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse. Sounds pretty right. Deceiving and being deceived. Lies all around. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Because Timothy is a part of a Jewish background on his mother's side, right? So he and his mom and his grandma know the sacred writings. And then Paul goes on, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Stay there, know this, know that. And then we come to the verses that we know, three, uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. Paul states this, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Yeah, even those genealogies that we talked about this morning, right? You know, they are there for our training, for our reproof, for our correction, for our knowing this. Righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know, there's something right there that states, you know, in Christ, what are we? Our new creation. We're done. We're justified, but not yet, right? That's the, the walk. We are to walk in Christ. But we are equipped. We're ready. And we see in these verses that the world is deceived, lying and getting bad from worse. I'm like, that's, yeah, be a good title of a book for this period of history. But what are we? As a church to do, we are to continue to learn Scripture, to know what we firmly believe. You, know, you might be like a Timothy. You've grown up in the church all the live long day. It's a good song. <laughs> but you know the Scripture. You've been firmly acquainted with it. Or you, you might be like a 19-year-old that comes to Christ in college. Be acquainted with it. Know it. It's your friend in this world of bad to worse. Because of what? Because this is what shows salvation. This shows redemption. It makes us knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than the highest PhD. Because it shows us what matters most is salvation in Jesus the Messiah. And the church is to know scripture because of this. Well, you go back to 12. What do we meet? We meet resistance. We meet persecution. We meet hate. Well, when you meet anything, how do you counter it, right? That's, that's the movie, right? The, the movie is always built on, well, you know this family, and then they're in a situation, and then how does it resolve? Well, how do we resolve hate? How do we deal with what's before us? By knowing scripture. By knowing how to counter it through the breathed out word of God. We are made 
Why? It's because it is profitable. It teaches us, it reproves us, it corrects us, it trains us that we would be complete and ready for any good work before us. But Jesus says this in, in Matthew. This was one of the verses of verses of the day this week, and I was like, that's a that's a good one for the sermon. <laughs> you know, and it says this, it says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. You now, are sheep mighty? You ever see a mighty sheep? It's like, no, right? Mighty, that's like jumbo shrimp, right? You know, mighty sheep. <laughs> but, you know, what are wolves? Carefree, how's it go? Like that hippie, right? From a couple weeks ago. Peace, man. Oh, they're vicious creatures. They, t I mean, just watch a National Geographic or a Discovery Channel. That, you know, they, they tear apart things, right? Now that's, that's the imagery. This small little gentle animal, this fierce wolf. So Jesus says this, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now that's a, that's a, whoa, what's a, what's a serpent? Well, they, you know, they sneak, right? They slither. They're, they're, they're wise. But then innocent as doves. Ever meet a fierce chicken or a fierce dove? How do, you know, how do we, how do we balance that? You know, we, we understand that persecution will come in many forms. It is here, you know? So we need to understand this, that we are in the midst of wolves that are fierce and vicious. So we need to be wise, wise as a serpent, and discerning what is good and right and, and, and needed in the will of the Lord, Romans 12, 1, 2. To be transformed, to also be innocent as doves. Well, how do we fight fire? water right or depending on the fire the the cool spray foam stuff you know you know it's a, there's a retardant on there that makes it go out and we don't overcome evil with evil we overcome evil with good which is the end of the chapter in Romans 12 verse 21 now Jesus says this next in John remember the word that I have said to you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. I think it's always good to know who we are, right? That's what humility is, is not thinking too less or too high of ourselves, but knowing who we are. You know, pride does come before the fall, a high, haughty spirit before uh, destruction but we understand that we are not greater than Jesus we see that the world is against him the religious leaders are against him at this time we see that the people will question him so we too should understand that the people the leaders will be against us will persecute us because we identify with the Lord not the world and we understand that the world will not be for the things of the Almighty because they are not of the Almighty. 
So those who keep God's word need to read and understand and listen to the Lord, abide in him and, and be ready for those things. Now Jesus states this, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Now this made me think of Paul in Acts 9. As Paul is, is blinded, as he meets Jesus, Jesus asks him this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And we understand that, that Jesus is the head of the body, that we are the body of Christ as the church. And, and Jesus very much asked Saul, you know, why are you persecuting me? And I really thought, you know, even in our troubled times, even in these things that we go through, we are cared for because we are set apart saints of the Almighty. We are, we are friends of the Almighty that know that all things will come together for those who love God. Even as everything falls apart or seems to fall apart, even as we see the rage and the rebellion of the world, the, the slow and steady or sped up view of progressivism or humanism or other world views that are attacking well, we understand that the rage isn't just personal, right? It's, it's not personal, it's business. It's, it's, it's what they do because it's against God, not us. And Jesus tells his followers, if, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin I thought about that for a minute and a quote from Lee Strobel came to my head and it, he said, you know, as an atheist, I didn't want to deal with any thought of God because then I knew I would be accountable to him. You know, that was the start of his journey, apparently. <laughs> you know, this is why the world rages against God, rages against the commandments, against the church because of the light. Because of the reality for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't, you know, that, that's not in the textbook. Oh, we, as humanity, don't want to deal with sin, don't want to deal with our fallen estate. No, we, we want to know, hey, we're, we're, everybody's a good person. Just come to the suburbs, right? You know, no, there's sin there too. But yet we have this confused or misguided understanding that we as humanity can well sinful understanding so yeah <laughs> that we can fix it that we can pull ourselves out of the mud but the truth is God has spoken God has revealed himself and if it wasn't clear from the old testament which it is Jesus and the new testament are a resounding gong loving gong through the world that we are guilty before a holy and just God and there is no excuse now please turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 1 in verses 18 through 25 Paul, <coughs> Paul writes this for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
for whom by their unrighteousness, for who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God. For images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creepy things, creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their heart to impurity, to dishonor their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And we see the wrath of God is here. And it is because the ungodliness and unrighteousness of humanity have suppressed the truth that is clear. Clear and plain to everyone that there is a God. That he has revealed himself. The whole of creation cries out that there is a God showing his eternal power and divine nature just from creation. From all that has been, been made, from the, from the universe to even us, from the highest mountain to even the smallest little bug, they yell out, there is a maker. Therefore, there is no excuse. Humanity knew God but did not honor him as God so their hearts were darkened and they exchanged the glory of God with created things and they worshiped them. And that is what is wrong in our world is that we have flipped everything upside down. We have inverted creation. And who likes being told they're wrong, right? <laughs> you know, God alone is good, just and holy, and therefore we need rescue. Well, John 15, verses 23 through 27 go on. Jesus states this, Whoever hates me hates my Father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my Father. But the word is written, and their law must be fulfilled. <coughs> They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Now Jesus had told the followers from their core they should be about love, to love one another dearly, and that they needed to understand this from the world that they will only receive hate because they identify with him, not with the world in rebellion against the Messiah, against God. You know, Jesus states that whoever hates me 
hates my father also, that hate that Jesus is facing is, is also not just about him. It, it rings up the ladder to, to God himself. The rage against the Messiah is also a rage that God feels and has against him and his plan and his will going forward. David states this in Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, another word for Messiah, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven and the heavens laughs and the Lord of hosts, the Lord holds them in desertion and then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. And the psalmist David asks you, why? Why do these nations rage? Why do these people plot in vain? Why are the kings and rulers you know, thinking they can cast away the cords of the Lord and overcome his will, his Messiah? For they will only face the rage of the Lord thinking they can burst their bonds. And what does the Lord do? He, he sits and he laughs. He holds them in his wrath. You know, the Lord laughs because his plans are set. He is, he is sovereign, right? Nothing will hold him back. Psalm 2 ends with this. It, it ends, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, this is how we forego the wrath of God. We, we kiss the Son. We, we honor the Messiah by taking refuge in him, by honoring him. And there we are blessed because in him we're, we're set apart. In him we are made new. We are taken from our sinless state and made blameless in Christ. Jesus goes on in John stating this, If I had not done among them works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and hated both me and my Father. Now Jesus shows this, this world, the leaders of Israel, the crowds of Israel, who God is. He shows them that they are not in the right by his work, by his authority, by even his personhood. They are guilty before the Messiah. And we all are because humanity judges itself wrongly, right? We, we judge ourselves on not being as bad as Manson, not bad as Jim Jones, not, not bad as well, those people over there that, that do that. But we need to understand this, that no one is good except God alone. You know, no one likes hearing that, right? Well, you're actually a bad, sinful person. They don't like hearing they're wrong. They don't like hearing that they're a bad, sinful person. But, but the truth is, is that God alone is good. And Jesus reveals this and reveals the sin of humanity and reveals that we are all doomed to die unless we kiss the Son. And Jesus says this next in John, but the word is written. 
The word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. And this is a, a quotation of, you know, two, two psalms really bring this out. Psalm 35 verse 19 speaks of this. It says, let not those who rejoice over me who are wrongfully my foes and let not those wink the eye who hate me without cause. And then Psalm 69 verse 4 states this. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who, could, who would destroy me, those who attacked me with lies. What did I steal? What, what I did steal must I now restore? And we see this from, from those two verses that the, the foes of the Messiah will hate with no cause. Their, their numbers will be many. You know, I think of the crowds yelling, crucify. You know, they are out to destroy, right? They're out to kill. They're out to bring death to this one who shows them, you know, they lie. You know, right there, I think of the false testimonies before the mock trials. And then at the end of this, Jesus changes subjects again and says this, but when the helper comes, you know, right back to the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. You know, Jesus knows that the, that the world and the leaders and the crowd will stand against him. He knows what's, what's coming as they, they walk towards the Garden of Gethsemane, that the mock trials, the beating, the crucifixion will come, and will come with hate. It will come with resounding uh, oneness to destroy but he offers his followers this, that the helper will come, that the Holy Spirit, that, that that spirit of truth, because he, Jesus, will send it from, send him, send the Holy Spirit from the Father to bear witness about him, witness of who Jesus is and what he has done will never fade away because it is and will be declared through all the ages for his name, as said in Philippians, is above every name, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As we talked about in Sunday school, he is above all. Lastly, Jesus states this in John, and for you, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I, it's a good ending, right? The followers of Jesus are not alone. We don't go and talk with a friend without the Holy Spirit there, working and bearing witness along. You know, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is there and does bear witness to the world about Jesus the Messiah. The church goes along with this mission to, to bear witness about him. You know, the foundation comes from the cornerstone being Jesus the Messiah and then the apostles are that foundation that, that we grow upon. You know, they saw Jesus, they heard Jesus, they lived life with Jesus. They see the truth loud and clear that Jesus is the Messiah, the life made manifest that we take refuge in. Well, today we have seen that Jesus calls those that are listening to him, that are identifying with him, friends. 
because they know the plans of the Almighty, right? You, you let your friends know, hey, I'm, I'm planning to do this and I'm, I'm going on a trip or I'm doing whatever. You know, you talk about hobbies. You know, what, what do you talk about friends with, right? Every, everything, right? You share life. You share your plans. And we see that the followers of Christ are to love one another. We see that the world hates the Lord and will hate us. We see that that hate is even actually a fulfillment of Scripture with the leaders of Israel and those crowds that are against the Lord. We see that the world that is against the Lord will also have a witness that they are in the wrong, that they need to kiss the Son, lest they be destroyed. And that starts with the Holy Spirit and, and is followed up by the church, by the believers of who is this man this life made manifest is Jesus and what he has done. You know, this, this means that for all of us that abide in the Lord, that listen to him, identify with him, we know this, that all things will come together. That the plans of the Lord are set and nothing will break them apart. This means that though we deal with resistance, persecution, friction of two forces meeting one another, the kingdom of heaven and the world and its systems. We know that it's not just personal, right? It's not just about us, but it is a rage against the Lord and his Messiah that we are a part of that same conflict through the ages. And that we would, in any of that, or any part of life, take refuge in him and call others to take refuge in him as we see that he is the life made manifest. Well, so how do, we, how do we apply that to today's world? Well, I think first and foremost, we need to understand that we are a new creation in Christ. And that's always the, the first part is know who you are, know who your friends are, and go from there, right? Know that we are a friend of God we are, we are able to see that the plan will come together. And that, that gives us hope. And no matter what happens here, everything's going to come together in the end. Because God has the wheel. God is in control. Romans 8 says this, For we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And when we face persecution, when we face friction and resi uh, resistance, we understand that we are not alone because the Lord suffered first. And as we face it, as others face it, we remember those facing it elsewhere that, that this is not just here, but elsewhere, right? Hebrews tells us this, the author of Hebrews states this, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. As, as the universal church, right? You know, local church right here, that's us. But the universal church, how do, we, how do we care for those? How do we remember those in prison as we are with them? You know, beyond borders, um, 
Voice of the Martyrs. I'm like, it totally just slipped my mind, but you know, those are good ministries to, to be a part of, to be linked with, because then we can know about those things and pray. We can be together with our brothers and sisters, supporting them and praying for them. And, and lastly, we understand that the Holy Spirit is here, bearing witness about Jesus. We are not alone, and we also need to know who the enemy is. Now, Ephesians 6.12, we, we read a huge portion of that, but one scripture stood out to me most importantly. You know, all of it's important, but this right here is we need to understand who we are fighting for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And we are not in conflict with people, but with ideas and worldviews and cosmic powers that want humanity to stay where it's at in rebellion. Now, therefore, we, we don't hate, we love, we speak truth. We proclaim the source of life throughout our days. Jesus, the Messiah, the life made manifest. Let's uh, close in a word of prayer. But Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time that we can just be together that maybe an encouraging time and a bless a blessing to all to be encouraged and strengthened to go forward and to walk for you throughout our days and pointing and proclaiming and, and knowing the plans and knowing that all things will come together and and sharing just as John writes how we would know who you are Jesus, that we would know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. The life made manifest to humanity. That we can have the knowledge of salvation. We can know who you are and what you have done and where we're going. And that we can walk in this life with you. We thank you for today, Lord. We just pray for everyone for their day as they go from here to be strengthened and to be about you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.